You're listening to The Private Citizen, defending your right to have something to hide. This is episode 67 for Tuesday, the 27th of April, 2021. The Luca Disaster. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Private Citizen. My name is Fab, coming to you live on uh, on tape <laughs> from the um, city of Dusseldorf. In Germany, uh, I'm not. I'm not recording. Well, I'm, I'm recording this like I normally do, like in one sitting. But I'm not streaming live on Twitch as I usually do, because I'm having a bit of a, uh, well, not really a rough time. I just have lots to do right now, and it's um, my day is very packed, and I can't. I couldn't like. I, you know, I have to kind of split up when I work on this show, when I do the show notes. I didn't really know when I could record this episode. So I'm just to keep things simple. Um, there's there's not going to be a live uh, recording of this episode, um, but uh, we'll, we'll be back to we'll be back to that next week, I'm guessing. Anyway, welcome. I mean, you're listening to this on the podcast because there's no other way. Um, so you don't care anyway. So I'll, I'll stop boring you about it. Um, today we are going to talk about the Luca app, which I, you know, it's been on the docket for a while here, which is a second German app, um, uh, you know, to do with uh, coronavirus tracking, tracing, whatever we're going to, you want to call it. We're going to, we're going to look into that. And yes, we're going to talk about the coronavirus because... And all on and all of that jazz. So you know, buckle yourself in. Um, I don't really know why I keep talking about this this topic because um, I think I'm saying important things. Um, I from looking back at the last year, I think most of my analysis has been right, and we're gonna go into that. But uh, you know, you're just about I don't know, maybe two thousand people listening to this. Um, you know, probably less. Um, like it's hard to tell with a podcast. <laughs> and um, I mean, you know what I'm talking about here, but pretty much anybody else doesn't care. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing this other than that. I think it's important and it's kind of my drive to say things that I think are true and that other people are not saying, um, even even if it's kind of futile. Um, it's a bit Don Quixote-like in that way, I, I guess. Um, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I kind of like Fab's podcast, but this whole this whole stuff is getting me down, this whole political stuff. I do have a second podcast for you now. Um, the first episode was just released today. Um, you can check out, if you want to, Escape the Talk Show, which is a new podcast I'm doing. It's at escapethetalk.show. And as usual, you know, shout outs for this uh, podcast are at privatecitizen.press and all the links, including to this new podcast, are in the show notes. Um, yeah, so this is a podcast I do with my friend Jonathan, where it's, you know, if you like if you like the banter part of podcasts I've, I've done in the past, then that's a podcast for you. Uh, we're basically uh, running around in a, um, 
in a video. We were playing uh, Escape from Tarkov, which is this shooter game. And uh, we're running around in the Russian post-apocalypse being shot at. And then we just talk about things, our lives, you know, topics we find interesting. So if that's more your jam and you're getting a bit worn down by the private citizen, I understand. Maybe you want to check out that show. Um, yeah. And with that, uh, we should get into the first topic here because I have some errata to report. Uh, in the previous ep- in the previous episode, um, I talked about Google's um, flock initiative. And before I go on, I'm, I'm I'm sorry about this. I just have to. I'm, I just started this podcast, and I'm wearing a hoodie. Right? It's 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 relatively cold outside, but it's like sunny, and the sun's coming in. So I have to take this hoodie off, um, and because I recorded, I caught this li- you know life in one sitting. I'm just gonna do this while I keep talking. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about this. Just had to take my headphones off. Right. This is better. I was I was starting to sweat heavily there, and nobody wants that. So um, yes. So I was talking about Flock, which is this new like advertising technology uh, that I guess Google wants to replace third-party cookies with. And uh, I made a mistake um, because I misunderstood something. And um, I would like to thank uh, Yevgeny uh, Guznetsov for. Uh, pointing out this mistake um which is you know something i just i mean this was like new is new stuff anyway so a lot of people understood stuff uh, misunderstood stuff and one of the things i said was that um as a server administrator you probably want to and i said i'm going to look into um have my server uh, sent back this header uh, for every request that would let um prevent you know the the user's browser, i.e., Chrome, uh, from using my sites in the calculation of these flock cohorts. Now, um, <coughs> that's actually, um, yeah, that that's what it does. But I kind of thought that it would also, like, you know, um, turn off the reporting of things to to Google and. Uh, some other parts and that's actually not like basically if at this, as a server administrator you don't want any part of flock from the server side and you don't support it and you don't want to help google um you know get reports on what cohorts visit what site then just don't use google ads or google analytics which i'm obviously not doing with any of my websites especially not private citizen press and um and that's pretty much all you need to do, and I'm already doing. Now, um, you can send that header, but that would just prevent users from, you know, from the, the user's browser using the websites, the user visits to create these cohorts. But, you know, your website can't be extracted from that anyway, so it just goes into that calculation. It would probably, screw, like, make that calculation less reliable. And um, I, I read a blog post about this that, you know, I... I Here's some stuff in the show notes at Private Citizen Press, but there's also a link to my personal blog where I, you know, set that blog post, and there's some more details in that. And if you're interested, go there, and so read it on fab.industries. But um, basically, uh, this some somebody I read uh, pointed out that that's not the uh, responsibility and should not be uh, 
the responsibility of the server administrator, right? The user should de decide if they want to be part of Flock and if there are, like, you shouldn't be going telling user's browser don't put this URL into your calculation you're doing, right? That's just, like, back-ass thinking, like, as backwards thinking. And I think it's it's not good. So I'm going to be um, okay with just not having Google Ads or Google Analytics. And then if people want to use Chrome and they want to build these cohorts, you know, then I can't, like, <laughs> right? I can't, I can't. I can't prevent the user from telling somebody that they visited my website. And um, so the bottom line is, if as a web admin, um, you don't want your users to be checked or profiled by Google, just don't use Google Ads or Google Analytics. And if as a user, you don't want to be tracked or profiled, then just don't use Google Chrome. Google Chrome is the only browser that's doing this. I don't think any other browsers have expressed any interest in it. So I think that's the bottom line. So I don't think I need to go and, um, you know, change any um, any server headers there, um, you know, or I, I don't I don't think that is that is necessary. Um, and um, yeah, I, I will not I will not be doing that. It's basically what I'm saying. Um, if you if you want to know more, go to that link. Generally, uh, as always, of course, um, everything I'm talking about today, all the background information is in the show notes, privatecitizen.press. Um, this is part of my effort to, you know, get you to think for yourself. That's kind of my mission here. Um, although with this episode, a lot of the background material is in German. I'm linking it anyway. I found English information wherever I can. Um, I'm linking it anyway. Uh, so in case, you know, you might, you might, you might speak German or have the ability to translate it or get it translated. Um, yeah. And with that, let's, let's move into the uh, salient points that we're going to talk about today. Um, the, uh, the the first one, uh, the, the first topic I want to talk about here is just like to lay the groundwork. I want to talk a little bit about um, just the background about, you know, the whole uh, coronavirus situation. I'm going to talk about Germany now um, because that's where I have most of the experience. I haven't actually heard from listeners for a while what's going on in different countries. I'm still interested in that. So if you have any new information on that, please uh, send me feedback. Um, as you know, I appreciate feedback of any kind. Um, you know, links are on privatecitizen.press uh, on how to do that. But, you know, I'm going to concentrate on Germany for now. And just at first, I just want to, you know, uh, have a little review here. Um, I mean, there was a point where at the podcast I was going like, I'm not going to report on this anymore. That was obviously um, idiotic. Um, all of this stuff isn't going away. Um, and I kind of, it's kind of like tilting at windmills, as I said in the beginning there, but you know, I've, I'm kind of resigned to that, what I need to do. Uh, we now have in Germany, when I have a curfew, an actual curfew, it's called a curfew. Um, we have things like stores uh, mandating uh, SARS-CoV-2, the so-called quick tests, which are not uh, antibody tests, as far as I can tell. I think they're a kind of Obviously not PCRs. There's some kind, some kind of different other thing which I don't completely understand. But you know, you basically have to test yourself uh, if you want to go into certain stores. Um, I'm opting to um, not um, do that to then not go into these stores. I don't want to stick something in my nose every time I'm going in a store. 
Um, I will actually uh, have to um, do some self-tests here now shortly because um, some people I know um, are kind of uh, mandating this now. If you want to, if you want to visit them, which I, I find really sad, but you know, I can't really do anything against them. I it's kind of important to me um, to uh, visit these people. But you know, we are now in this um, in this stage where this is all stuff that I kind of um, saw coming. I mean, there, we have reports and reports and reports of people being spied on by their neighbors, uh, reports to people being reported to the police or other authorities. Um, in Germany, we have a uh, the, the so-called Ordnungsamt that handles this kind of stuff. They're like a um, public uh, office uh, thing, and they they used to be uh, responsible for such things as um, parking tickets and litter. Um, these days, they walk around uh, like they, you know, here in Düsseldorf, they they are wearing like um, knife-proof uh, uh, vests, uh, tactical rigs, um, heavy batons. Um, Handcuffs for some reason, although they are really not uh, allowed to arrest you. Uh, in Germany, that is something that only the police can do. So the Ordnungsamt uh, needs to either patrol together with the police or needs to call the police to arrest you. They can, of course, do a citizen's arrest, which anybody can do. I can do that. So if, you know, if I see somebody um, who's breaking into a flat and I go, hey, you and they run away, um, I am allowed to apprehend them, uh, call the police, and then have them secure evidence, right, so to avoid these people from getting away, but anybody's allowed to do that. Um, however, I don't think I am allowed to carry, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, what are they called? Why Why can't, why, now I have to look this up. Um, why don't I know uh, what Hunchellen is in English. I mean, I know what I can't, um, handcuffs, but my brain just wasn't coming up. Anyway, so they carry handcuffs, right? So I don't know, like, I don't know if I was allowed, I'm certainly not allowed to put them on people, I think, as part of a citizen's arrest. I think that would be uh, undue force. Um, I don't know. But, you know, they're, these people are now, they're kind of now the, um, the second arm of the police these days. And, um, they are suddenly going around asking like in where I live, we're like this, I live in this block of flats, right? And there was like uh, the, the Ordnungsamt came around like every day and they were asking for like a certain guy, like where he lived. Um, I didn't know where he lived, but I wouldn't have told them anyway. I don't, I don't think it's any of their, like, you know, they have his address, right? And uh, they're obviously going to the address and then if they can't find them, that's like their problem. There's like nothing else they're allowed to do um, and they shouldn't be allowed to do um, because that's the same the police can do. Like either you've, you find this address like in your ring and if they don't open, either you have a warrant or you've fucked off, right? But now they do this, they just ask people, people obviously tell them, there's all these kind of weird scare tactics they're doing to try to get into your flat or whatever. Um, it's getting it's getting pretty grim, right? We now have like open discrimination against people based on the health record. Not only like instrumentalized, but like people are doing this, um, right? 
in, in, I mean, society as a whole, I think, now thinks it's okay to ask you if you've been like sick with a certain disease in the last month. They think that's okay. They think like if you want to come to my home or my shop or something, um, you need to tell me this. And I'm thinking like just just imagine two years ago, um, I would have just asked people bef before I would they were allowed in my flat or my store if they were HIV positive, right? I mean, just imagine that. I mean, a few days, a few years ago, this was like even like a bit more than a year ago, this was like considered victim blaming uh heavy discrimination uh and now the same people that were all outraged on social media about this stuff now find it suddenly okay because apparently everybody's dying um to just break the own rules they have exposed uh exposed for like you know years and now it's now it's suddenly okay I, i'm just like I, i'm baffled i'm 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 baffled uh by by this whole whole thing um, I think we are basically turning the country, uh, Germany, that is into like, I don't know, it might be better where you are, but we're like, we're turning Germany into like this Ovalian nightmare state, you know, where basically uh, everybody's, every citizen's health status, location, social interactions are being tracked and monitored and, you know, by the government. And um, people tend to, you know, think that is normal now and the worst part of all of this is it, this was completely foreseeable and it was in fact foreseen um among other places on this very podcast right so i would like to go back to episode eight of this podcast this is the 24th of march 2020 episode eight the very beginning of the podcast um i called this episode the coronavirus curfew because this was when the first lockdown was uh, announced in germany and um, after I published this podcast, I was um, attacked, and I, I actually say attacked, um, although I'm not using that lightly, but like verbally attacked, with very strong words, by complete strangers, by ex-co-workers, and by friends, um, publicly on social media and privately, um, that I'm like... Um, over-exaggerating, that I'm, you know, paranoid... Um, some cases uh you know was heavily implied that i'm an idiot um so I, I was told by these people that a lockdown isn't a curfew um that there would never be a curfew in germany and um that i'm completely blowing things out of proportion and uh, because of course this whole lockdown situation would be over soon now we're in april 2021 uh we are we're over a year past that episode and um We've had lockdowns in Germany for the better part of that year. And we now have a curfew. And um, it is the, this is the first curfew ever. Um, I mean, this is, a, we now have a, st a statewide, as in like the whole federal public, um, a, uh, you know, federal uh, mandated curfew. And this is the first time in the history of the Federal Republic of Germany ever that we had a curfew. So the last time we had a curfew in West Germany, um, in the area where I am, um, you know, Germany is to be um, divided, but like, you know, on, 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 on the West German part of the country, was uh, in 45, 46. This is the immediate post-war years. This is before the Federal Republic of Germany was founded. That was founded in 49. So we're talking um, the occupied territories under military rule. 
right? That's the last time we had a curfew. Um, they had also laws like um, if you were wearing an allied uniform um, unlawfully, yeah, you could be shot. <laughs> um, if you were, uh, if you had a gun and you were not allowed to have a gun, or if you uh, had like printed materials of a political party like the NSDAP, which was uh, forbidden after uh, the, the war, of course, uh, you could be shot. Uh, and they had a curfew. Um, yes, we did have a curfew um, when the Federal Republic of Germany already existed, although um, this was in East Germany, i.e. the GDR, the German, Dem Dem uh, the German Democratic Republic. Um, they had several curfews, I think. Mostly because the citizens were a bit unruly because they built a fucking wall around the country um, and wouldn't let people out. Um, but, you know, that was, um, I would call it a totalitarian police state. Um, a state that shot people, at that shot their own citizens uh, at the border uh, for trying to escape. And... Um, I would say that was a, you know, I like to, it's not, I like to call it a de facto oligarchical dictatorship because while it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really a dictatorship, it also wasn't really an oligarchy. Um, but I think dictatorship actually fits. I mean, it was a one-party system. It was definitely totalitarian state. Uh, there were no free elections. And it was kind of a puppet state of the Soviet Union, um, which, you know, when the GDR was founded, the Soviet Union was, was most definitely a dictatorship. Um, this was shortly after Stalin. Um, I mean, it was later transferred to, like, an oligarchy. But, like, I don't, I often think, like, you know, somebody's studied history and politics. Uh, I often think when you say, like, a country is a dictatorship, then people go, like, no, nah, it's not that. It's like an oligarchy, right? The, it's like saying um, China uh, communist China is like um, it's not a dictatorship, right? Because there's like um, more than one. Like you know, if you have a dictatorship of a party and you have like a politburo and you have like ten people running, I mean, what's the difference, right? What what's the difference in the Soviet Union be between having Stalin run the place and just having five people and instead run the place? Um, I mean, yes, there are differences, but I mean, it's not. You know, as, as contrasted with a democracy on one side and an oligarchy or a dictatorship on the other side, they're both on the very ed other end of the spectrum. Um, so yeah, that's when we last had curfews, and this is why I'm so. Um, I mean, people are now just like, yeah, there's a curfew. I'm, I mean, like, a curfew is a thing Germans know about from World War Two, right? Um, we had curfews when 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 the RAF was drum, drum, dropping, like bombing whole districts of cities into ash. That's when we last had a curfew, really. Um, so to me, it's like to have that. It is. It it equates it to the same level. Um, and I look outside the window um, at ten o'clock at night now, when the curfews end on effect, and I'm thinking, there's nothing happening. Uh, you know, there's no bombers, there's no war, there's no fighting in the streets. Why is there a curfew? Um, and then you can you can go into the. I mean, you could actually think about it and you go like, everybody's outside right now, uh, the whole day, and they're meeting each other and they're talking to each other and it's, life is happening. And then at 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 
10 o'clock everybody has to be inside like what is that actually like as if social life was happening after 10 it's it's ridiculous I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous um i mean i do sound a bit bitter and i don't really want to belabor um like i don't i mean you've listened you probably listened to this podcast a lot of you've listened to this podcast from the beginning i know or uh, from very early on and you know i talked about all of this but I kind of have to drive it home again and again. Maybe some people just came to the fold like a few episodes ago. And I mean, I've, I've been talking about this since the middle of March 2020. How this everything we're having now, all the horrible things were going to happen, right? Um, I, t- I had an episode. And I have links to all of these in the show notes again. PrivateCitizen.press slash episode slash 67. You know, I, I've talked about how flattened the curve was a dumb idea that was never going to happen. That was never going to be successful. Surprise, it wasn't, right? I talked about, and this will be uh, especially applicable today uh, and today's topic, why contact tracing, why Bluetooth will never work. While it's a stupid idea from the beginning. Um, I talked about the mistakes, and this will also be important today, um, that were made with early apps trying to... um, you know, track people uh, who entered venues. You know how the the, the restaurant um, contact tracing uh, web apps were like horrible and all the mistakes they made. Um, I talked about immunity passports and why discriminating people based on the immunity or to put it very uh, succinctly, to discriminate people again uh, based on what antibodies they have in their blood is a horrible idea. You know, I did an episode on the victim blaming. I did multiple episodes on like how our civil liberties very early on are eroded, how our rights are eroded. Um, you know, I did talk about the great privacy reset, how like basically I like I call them the powers that be now um, because I don't want to say them because I'm oh, conspiracy. No, I mean like the powers that be, you know, the the, the, the people that are in the government that are close to the government, the experts the government is consulting, um, the people that are making policy, these people, um, how they try to reset or are trying and are succeeding to reset the society's understanding of what privacy is and how is, if privacy is the right somebody should have and in what circumstances um, they shouldn't, right? Um, I think it's a universal human right as in you know, human rights gets the, the term gets overused, but I think what I mean by that, uh, by that being a fundamental, let's call it a fundamental civic liberty, uh, civil liberty, is um, there should there should be no um, uh, there should there, there there should be no um, how do I put this? Um, I didn't prepare for <laughs> for this. Um, there should be no um, like constraints put upon that. Like there should be no um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, it, it should be universal, right? There sh- there shouldn't be any um, buts, right? It should privacy should be a right you have. It shouldn't be you have a right to privacy, but if the if the if, if all society is at danger or if the health of the public at large is at danger then you like if you have that it's not a right like if you you know if you if if there's any of these like um 
but I'm missing a word which I'm just trying to describe right if, if there's any of these these um, buts statements placed upon it then it's it's not it's not right because you can always come up with the reasons and the circumstances to um, to take that away and it shouldn't be able to take away right people have the right to privacy if you get like in Germany if you get locked up in prison right you have less privacy than other people but you still have a right to privacy in fucking prison and that's about the worst thing the state can do to you um, I mean yes it's like you know there's there's, there's always arguments you know the famous argument that free speech uh, is, a, is a universal right but then if you shout fire and if you endanger people yes if you're endangering people but that should be like those should be like very, very sharply defined um, exceptions. Very, very sharply, and they they should be immediate danger, immediate danger, not a like a oh a theoretical danger, right? Um, yeah, you have the right to uh, gather in public, but you know if you gather in public, some people might get infected, and then they might get this and that, and. God, I just like it's so disconcerting to disconcerting to see how this is uh how, what's happening here. Um how how this resetting is happening. Um and then of course I also did an episode on the new normal why I th that which is the same thing, right? That's just like um propaganda speak for, you know, you used to have these rights, but we're taking them away now and you just have to accept it. And I said why why we have to fight against it. And I'm still trying. It's very, very hard. Um, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm very much trying to fight this on every level. I'm trying to fight this publicly when I write about things. Um, I just refuse to use the term COVID when it's not applicable. You know, I've been shouting for a year now uh, that that people don't use that term correctly. And I mean, like the Robert Koch Institute, the government institution in Germany, who is by the government tasked with gathering the data about the pandemic and putting them on a website and has all our health data, gets all this information, they don't know what the difference between the virus and the illness is. They literally say on their website, and I looked at it, them, at it today again, because once in a while I like to look at the numbers, um, even though they're bullshit mostly, but like, you know, they say um, on there, they say COVID-19 cases. COVID, once again, is the illness. The virus is called SARS-CoV-2. And there's a difference between you contracting the virus, right? You're getting a positive PCR test, which is what they're saying there. What they're actually saying is SARS-CoV-2 positive cases. That would be um, correct. And you getting COVID to get to, to, to be to say somebody has COVID, they need to have symptoms. And not specifically, even like you can't even like if I if I if I if I'm positive, if I you know, if I have a positive PCR, um, you know, I have a positive infection of the last COVID 2 then I might not even feel anything, right? I might not even get um uh symptoms, which is why the virus is so dangerous and infects a lot of people, because some people don't even get symptoms. If I have symptoms, I don't even have COVID-19. 
Because if I have mild flu-like symptoms, I have exactly that, mild flu-like symptoms. COVID-19 is COVID is a term for an illness, and it's very well defined because the term is, a you know, that's where it's come from, from the doctors who defined the illness. You will have to have very specific symptoms, right? And the cases the RKI lists on their website are, are positive PCR tests. They're not, like, and it drives me insane. Nobody fucking, in, 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 and nobody can tell this apart. In Germany, the media just says Corona. Everybody just says Corona now. Corona. Corona is like Latin for crown. It's so unspecific. They just say Corona. They, you don't know what they're talking about. You don't know, are they talking about positive tests? Um, are they talking about people who have symptoms? Are they talking about people who are really sick? It, it is just amazing. And, I, you know, I keep telling this to people, and they're just like, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. We all know um, what it means. And, you, and I'm like, no, you don't. That's the point, right? The numbers the RKI is putting out every day and that get parroted that are on the front page of every fucking newspaper everywhere you look are constantly misjudged by people. Um which is, you know, they're, they're just like, they see the number and they don't understand what it means. And all the reporting based on it is wrong because the reporting often doesn't understand what it means. I mean, it's so bad that even the, the people making the vaccine put on their vaccine, it's a COVID-19 vaccine. It literally says that. I've seen like multiple vaccine uh you know the little ampules like the actual packaging from 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 whoever makes them um it says covid-19 vaccine on there like you can't have a vaccine against the symptoms of a disease it's a SARS-CoV-2 vaccine and if you make a vaccine you should better know that <laughs> i mean what the hell like you can't tell the symptoms apart from actually from a virus right um, that's why, you know, yes, you can, in the newspaper, you've always called it the flu vaccine, but that was like completely, like people knew what they were talking about. They said it's an influenza vaccine. And they specifically would say the strain, right? The vaccine would say like it's influenza A, something, something or other on the fucking bottle because you need to fucking know that. You know, if you say the flu, I mean, the flu, the problem is the flu even means like common cold as well. It's like, it's so, it's so ridiculous. Anyway, it's all going to shit. And um, I'm fighting against windmills, but uh, what can you do? Because um, there's just all this shit out there. There's, there's, there's misinformation out there from people who don't understand better. There's actual propaganda out there from people who understand better, but they're just, you know, tell, I mean, things like hashtag flatten the curve. That's like, like the fucking hashtag stuff. Hashtag stay at home. That's like, that's propaganda. I don't know how else to call it. And it just keeps going on and on and on and on. Um, but, you know, I can't. I'm sorry. I will have to talk about this. And um, so so we are doing today. So uh, let's talk about the current madness we have going in Germany um, connected to all of this, uh, which is the Luca app. So there is this, I, you know, I say new app. This is like, uh, this is all old news if you're in Germany, but I just couldn't, I haven't gotten around to doing this uh, earlier. 
And I still think, I mean, don't take this, again, I'm going to say, right, don't take this the wrong way. If you're not in Germany, it might be, how does, how does this affect me, right? But these are trends I see, you know, this is happening everywhere. And um, I'm just using a German example. And maybe it's interesting to you. Maybe your country, wherever you are, your government is um, evaluating the same technologies or, you know, a similar technology so this 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 might just be a useful data point to you this is why i'm doing this and i think we should need to learn from each other's mistakes um currently we're just everybody's copying each other's mistakes uh, but yeah um so if you have something where you are wherever that may be uh singapore china russia uh the czech republic um you might um you know, tell me Australia, you might, the US, you might tell me, you know, what, what's going on uh, and I might make it a topic for the show. We'll talk about it in the feedbacks um, segment. Anyway, so the Luca app. So in Germany, uh, I talked a lot about our contact tracing app, the uh, the Corona Van app, um, as it is called. Um, I did a lot of analysis on that over the summer last year. And um, they were planning to build in... Um, a uh, framework which is actually an open source and open framework for uh, venue tracking where basically um i mean this was like in november this was news they were going to, they were going to build this into the uh, corona van app like this open framework which basically has nothing to do with the contract tracing that the app is actually was built to do you know the apple google api it's the front end to that in germany uh, but they always said they wanted more features and they put like a diary in a contact diary and stuff like that. And this is like the newest thing where it's basically it's venue. It's like what they call cluster tracking. So basically, uh, if I have a concert, um, I put like a barcode up or a QR code and then I um, require people to check in. Right. And you might do this with the paper lists. We talked about this when we talked about the the restaurants. Um, you know, you can always do this with paper lists, just people signing up. Uh, but you can also do it with an app. So you have a barcode and then somehow your app uh, tells, checks in and tells somebody that you were there. And then if there's an outbreak uh, of the uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus and people might be actually contracting COVID-19, then um, they can, you know, they can see who else was there and can warn them and tell them, you know, you have to stay in quarantine now or whatever. Right. Um, so that was the plan. They were going to build that in, into the Corona Van app. They didn't for some reason. I don't. I, I wrote about the them them planning to do that. I kind of lost track. I had other stuff to do. I can I don't know why they did they didn't do it for so long. I think they they actually rolled that feature out now. I think it, at least like. I think it was supposed to come out like last week or something. Um, so, but it just took too long. So there was another app, the so-called Luca app. I don't know why it's called Luca. It's a fucking stupid name. I don't. It sounds like a, it sounds like some millennials had a child. It's like a, it's like a, a, a name millennials in Germany would give to their male kid. Uh, <laughs> I, no idea. Anyway, it's a, it's like a startup. It's um, um, a startup from a German. Uh, so the I think it was the Hasso Plattner Institute, just like a semi um, semi private, uh, semi um, public institute, kind of like an university thing. And they spun out this startup called Nexenio, uh, and they they made this app. 
And it's a for-profit app. It's a for-profit startup. They do other things. They do like smartphone-based authentication, which is why they're in this game. And um, they rolled that out. And it's made huge waves um, in the press, mostly because uh, somebody called Smudo, who is... um, So there's, um, you know, there's a German uh, uh, rap band, uh, one of the oldest and uh, most famous uh, German rap bands called uh, the Fantastischen Vier, uh, often also called Fanta Four, uh, which lots of people like. I'm not into uh, German rap, was we like to call it Deutsch rap, so I've never been into them. Anyway, there's this guy called Smudo, who's generally considered like to be a cool guy, and the band's supposed to be good, and then, you know, have all these like you know relatively progressive values. And it's not like gangster rap, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> You know, they're, they're the good guys. Um, and they were one of the first to start rapping in German. So they have a cult following and people really like him. Anyway, so they are obviously uh, in the event business. And uh, Smudo and the Fanta Fia have several, they have like um, an investment company or something. And so they invested in this. And Smudo, I want to call him Shmudo because I'm like an Englishman. I don't know. Um, Smudo has been going around to talk shows uh, and uh, political talk shows and basically it's, it's tolling the virtues of this app, uh, which is why a large number of German federal states uh, bought it. They bought like licenses for it. And uh, the, the app has gotten, I think, 20 million euros in tax money, but we'll get to that later. Um, but the app's crap. Uh, it's it's it has security vulnerabilities. It has privacy problems. Uh, it has other code problems. Uh, it is shit. Uh, the developers violated the GPL. We we'll get into all of that. Um, but it's crap. Uh, but basically, it was it had this contract tracing that at, um, no this venue tracking thing that that was its main purpose, and it, that was just quicker than the Corona One app. And so they the government uh, thought. Let's go with that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a shitty app. Let's get into why it's a shitty app. So, uh, first of all, uh, it's supposed to be open source and open, but it isn't really. And uh, this whole tracing system they have is just shittily designed and uh, open to misuse. So you can... It's like... So basically, um, how it works is you install the app on your phone and you go to a venue and this might be a concert it might be a uh, a shopping mall whatever uh, might be your friend's house and they have a, a QR code and you scan the QR code and so your app goes tells the servers uh, so this guy just checked in at this venue you know kind of like we used to do back in the day you know Foursquare and that was cool um, except you're not forced to do it. Um, you're not like really forced to do it because in Germany they can't force you to use a phone and all the data protection officers, including the federal guy, Ulrich Kelber, um, are, are always saying um, you always have to also have paper lists because otherwise you would be discriminating against people without smartphones. But I'm, go- I'm going to assume that's going to go away anyway. Because, I mean, I don't think we have a problem discriminating against people. I mean, we're discriminating against people who are sick. Uh, you know, we're discriminating against people now that don't have, that have not gotten the vaccine. I mean, everybody's talking about that. Um, and it's, you know, 
I mean, they're starting to go like, okay, if you want to go here, you need to be vaccinated. And like, that's discrimination if I ever heard it. Like, it, and it's not like, we're, we're not talking, um, oh, we're discriminating. I mean, discrimination is always bad. That's the whole point. But it's not like to, to, to explain the level of discrimination. Here, it's not like, oh, we're discriminating these idiots who are anti-vaxxers. No, like I'm 37, right? If I was going to go, okay, I really want to go to this concert. I mean, there are no concerts right now, but, you know, if there were. Uh, and they were saying, uh, you can only get in here if you're vaccinated. I can't get it. Like, I can't. I can't. There's no way I can get vaccinated. I'm 37, right? They're currently vaccinating people who are, like, 70. And, you know, yes, if you have uh, pre-existing health conditions, you might be able to you know, get vaccinated. And I know people have uh, at least have received the first shot. I mean, my grandma has received, I think, her second sh- No, he's get- she's getting her second shot next week. Uh, but she's 99, right? So we're like, you even, like, even if there are people who are like, I, I'd, I'd get vaccinated this second if I could. And they're like months away from it. And we're discriminating against them. So it must, it, it should have been clear to anybody that that's a bad idea. But, you know, we're doing that. Um, Oh god, I derailed myself there. But anyway, so you have the system where you scan the 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 QR code. There's also a version if you don't have a phone, you can um buy these key fobs, which are basically you could also make them yourself. It's just a QR code and it works the other way around. So you have a QR code. Um you give the basically when you get it like you register right you you can also register on the website and you can basically you give them your your details where you live what your name is whatever you know all those details you need when you sign into restaurants we we talked about this a month ago um you give that to the basically the uh the luca people and then it works the other way around so the guy running the event will just scan your barcode and then his phone or whatever will report to the app um but like it's all this is all like this is all broken like the tracing system i have a link to a paper if you want to know it in detail um but basically uh it's it's stored badly um it leaks information you know the whole they, they were like oh it's all completely private it's all uh uh, encrypted yeah no not really i mean the operators can figure out exactly they have all the data they can figure out exactly uh, who signed in where and when um so it's like it's like you can it's it's so broken like their website thing is broken where you can actually sign in other people at events without them knowing you can get information about other people from like their fucking um api on the on the website you can actually it's actually leaking venues which you know for some for some venues that might be like you know i don't know drug uh, dispensary sites or whatever like women uh houses you know pr- protect women from abuse all this kind of crap like you don't want to leak these addresses um it does that i mean it's so bad that uh, the data protection um, officers of several federal states in Germany who've previously evaluated it have then said, no, we're rescinding this. This is this is not uh, 
abiding by the, uh, by the GDPR. This is not abiding by our data protection rules. But the federal state government had already bought the app and had, you know, basically said people should use it. So it's like, and they, they, they basically gave it their stamp of approval without actually having the ability to look into it. And then when some stuff leaked, like some source code and things like that, um, suddenly they realized and they were like, oops. Um, right, so um, there are other problems with it. I mean, there's there's political problems. This app um, has received 20 million euros in tax money, but it has not gone through any tender of any sort or any of the other legal requirements you usually have. Like if you if you give out public money in Germany, you at least have to have a tender. You need to have a public um, like process, right? Where basically you're justifying to the public, this is why we're using this app. And I mean, they couldn't, they could have never had this um, because like the German government was already paying for the Corona Van app and they had plans to put this functionality in. So how do you explain spending 20 million euros for an app that has like this ability like a few months earlier. If if you're already okay, other parts of the government, but basically the government's already paying for this other app, hundreds of millions of euros. It's like, what the fuck? Right? This money could have gotten into the health system. How about that in a pandemic? Right? <laughs> um the code is shit. So it has like this uh, SMS verification text message verification system that was supposed to ensure that people actually use the actual phones which you can't which doesn't you can't use like some like websites to register um it's it was so bad that like the whole sms sending thing for the app was so fucked that people uh could get like from the web could get public access and just send free sms to people um, and this is, by the way, something the uh, government is paying a lot of money for, like for this, uh, for these SMS to be delivered as part of this app. Um, the uh, the the QR codes on the fucking key forms are so badly designed that they actually leak uh, the complete um, location history of the guy with the key fob. I mean, this it never ends. This like, in when I said in the beginning, like whatever startup did this, they have like clu- clueless programmers. I mean, this is yeah, they do. Like this whole thing is like, it's like a fuck up on, like I mean, everybody, especially if you code an app, there's always fuck ups, right? The Corona Van app had fuck, fuck ups. There's like fuck ups in the open source process. There's fuck ups, fuck ups with security. You have that, but these guys have fuck ups everywhere. Security, privacy, code, like. This is a clusterfuck. Um, so a lot of the code isn't public, although they keep going, oh, no, it's open source, but like a lot of the server-side components are not. Um, from what we know, there is um, a lot of evidence that it, it doesn't even interoperate well. Um, so it does look like they're setting this up for like vendor login, um, where basically they control the server-side, which is like, you know, where all the information, so they have all the information um, and and they you know by getting all these federal states to put this in basically they're um, they're getting in place an infrastructure that we will need if if we continue on this uh, insane course uh, for the next I don't know ten twenty years because surprise this virus is not going to go away um, to to lock into any public venue and putting this all in the hand of one company which is like the startup. 
Um, and then top it all off, if you're a fan of uh, my previous podcast, Linux Outlaws, where I was doing a lot of reporting on GPL enforcement and GPL uh, vulnerabilities, so they released some source code for this app under their own custom-made uh, license that was like a, I mean, a clusterfuck of laugh laughable proportions because while you can have idiots, you know, any software company has idiots programming some code. That is, that's one thing. Right, you can always have like laughable code. Pretty much, almost all software has that somewhere. We're talking about they made a software license, and they, you know, you need lawyers for this shit. So they had lawyers, and if you read, read this fucking license, it was drafted by lawyers. They had lawyers draft a software license. We don't know who is what the how a software license works, and how open source works. Uh, because this was like a non-commercial type kind of license. And I've been going on for years. Like non-commercial licenses are not a thing. They don't work. Um, if you ask to creative, co if you talk to creative commons about their non-commercial licenses, they will tell you not to use them. Um, because basically uh, you, you can't define what non-commercial is, like in lots of jurisdictions, among them the US and Germany. Like there have been um, numerous court cases in Germany about what, what constitutes commercialism, right? Um, does it mean it's a company? Does it mean you have to make money from it? Like even if you, so there are some rulings that say um, for certain areas, basically, okay, to, for this to be commercial, it has to be a company. Um, other rulings say if you're making money of it of any sort, and I'm not meaning a profit, right? If you um, run a podcast um, and on the website you have some Google ads and you're making 12 euros 90 a month and you use that completely to pay for your hosting costs and in fact you're running a podcast so your hosting costs are like 50 euros a month so you're actually losing 40 euros a month uh, on this fucking thing it's still considered legally commercial um, in, in some respects so like you know, it's just a bad idea. It's just an idea that doesn't work. Anybody in software development knows that non-commercial clauses are bullshit and you shouldn't have licenses like this. Lawyers should know this especially. Um, no, but they made this license. But hey, the I mean, they could have done that. That's one thing, to have lawyers draft a license. That's idiotic. But then they also took GPL v3 code uh, and put it in their app. And not only that, they removed the copyrights. They removed the copyright notices because they probably knew that it was GPL v3 code. They probably knew it was you know, incompatible with their fucking whatever license they made up, right? Not to mention that they called their app open source even though their own made-up licenses are obviously never going to pass the OSI test for this kind of thing, um, right? They fucking ripped off GPL code and now they actually, so they released some code for the app under this laughable license, after which everybody just fucking jumped on them because of the license. Then it was obviously discovered that they had stole, like that, not stolen, but they had taken, used GPL v3 code, which, you know, the GPL, you know, copyleft works in a way that, yes, you can use that for any purpose you want, but you have to say that it's GPL v3 code and the fucking software you put it in has to be the fucking same license or a compatible license. So now they had to release um, their fucking code under GPLv3 
because they would have gotten sued out of like you know people would have sued them and there were people preparing to sue them and then they would have had to pay damages and they immediately wouldn't have been able to use the code anymore uh, and they ob obviously copy and pasted this shit together because they fucking couldn't do it themselves um, so this app is a clusterfuck now despite all of this uh, it's been used it, it's used a lot um, you know, I have, I have friends who are like in northern Germany and they're like, oh, to go in these shops, I need this app now. Um, and it goes so far that the uh, federal state of Mecklenburg-Vorpommern, actually, as the news, as newspapers reported, they put this app in a law. It's not a law. Um, you know, with all of this, we're not talking about laws. We're talking about policies, right? So they're in, in Germany, they're Verordnungen. A Verordnung is like, uh, it's not a Gesetz. It's not a law. Um It's like the level below. It's like what the what the gov usually the local government does <clears throat> to um, to regulate things. I mean, it's like legally binding, but not on the same level. It also it doesn't have all the same checks and balances. Um, I mean, a well known thing would be the Straßenverkehrsordnung (STVO), which is not a law, but it's like the thing that governs all the road rules, right? And they're obviously binding, right? And you obviously can get in legal trouble if you violate them. Um, but by itself, these things are usually, not, they, they, well, they are not legally binding. It's just in the framework of other laws. But anyway, so they basically put this into a law, so to speak. They put they put this app, like they, they name the app. They're like, people should use this app. Um, this app, which then their own data protection officer had to basically re re rescind the fact that this is actually like legally can be used because like it doesn't comply with the most basic data protection laws in Germany. Um, you know, not to even mention the, the GDPR. Um, it is so laughable. Um, of course, it's being used everywhere. It's, it's used in places where it's ridiculous that it would be used. Like one example was a 20-hectare zoo. Right? And imagine, like this app is like, or like, big ass fucking ikea stores right and this app is like you sign in and then if somebody gets sick there like the whole whole idea of this venue tracing is i mean we can get into how it, i don't really want to but how idiotic that is kind of like bluetooth contact tracing i mean if it's a restaurant yes it's a small restaurant one person gets sick you can do contact tracing on that yeah if you have forty thousand people concert Right, and you get one positive test. Are you notifying everybody? Because that's the only, it's just like venue specific, right? It's like this venue. If you have a zoo, outside zoo, 20 hectares big, and one person gets sick, are you notifying everybody who was there the same day as that person? Like fucking Ikea stores, those things are huge. It's just ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. But, you know, anyway, we're still using it. Uh, why? Because they have good PR and because of, they have a fucking rapper, you know, going on the press circuit and just fucking uh, saying this is the best thing ever and we need this uh, to open up again. Right? And and not even that, his fucking, like, a, a, a company he co-owns has, like, 50% of the ownership of this fucking app startup. Right? It's not like that it's a shitty app. It's a shitty app that uh, basically the way it got into all this position was corruption, you know, because they uh, evaded like public tender processes and they're getting, they're, they're getting sued for this now by competitors, which is just as it should be. 
uh, it's just it's just ridiculous and we, you know we're talking about like this company is doing this because a uh lots of like data that is worth a lot um you know data being the new oil in our economy uh, is worth a lot and you know the possibility are just i mean they're getting 20 million checks per money that's an incentive but also like the uh, possibility of just uh, uh you know be being there and establishing like this this sign-in infrastructure which we are probably going to be using for decades and you know who's who says uh that this is just going to be like this virus and this pandemic like you know um at some point people will will understand uh that that in the past uh we had a at least relatively comparable level of deaths caused by other viruses uh, like influenza, which we just haven't tracked because we didn't do PCRs, right? At some point, when this thing uh, simmers down again, this virus, uh, some smart person will will get the idea that, hey, let's do PCR tests for influenza every year. And then we'll start figuring out, well, actually, hospitals will will we'll look at what you actually died of it will you know in the past it was pneumonia right now it's oh it's covid right they'll they'll do the same thing for influenza and then this whole thing will just keep going on this is just our future now and these guys are really i mean they're also really dumb because the apps are really shit but they're all smart in a business sense that they know where it's going and they're putting their fucking infrastructure center of this whole thing uh, then you know, throw a bit of vendor lock-in in, and you're like the guys. You're like millionaires, probably billionaires. It's ridiculous. Now the actual, the actual problem we haven't even talked about because I think, um, I mean, this this was talked about in in German media up and down for the last few weeks. But I think everybody, pretty much, I mean, most people, um, even like the tech press, missed the actual problem that's underlying here and so i want to get into that next so i I think like often with like these technology topics the actual bigger problem uh, is overlooked and i think this is because my colleagues in the mainstream media um, they don't understand the technical aspects and also mostly not the sociological uh, intric- intricacies that are connected to this. Um, so they miss that. Um, and then the people who understand the technical uh, intricacies, nerds, or, you know, as some people call themselves technologists, um, they don't get it either because they always focus on the technical issues. So we have all these people focusing off the, on the technical issues, both on this Luca app and also the Coronavan app before it, um, who are like, they're spending all their time looking at Bluetooth contract tracing at fucking privacy everywhere. And they're not getting the bigger picture. They're not seeing like the, the implication that I keep talking about in this podcast, you know, for society as a whole. Um, you know, my... Uh, I was I was on TV and on radio a few times when this whole thing kicked off, um, and people were just asking me about the privacy implications of the app, and I just keep telling everybody um, who interviewed me. I was like, uh, "Yes, you can ask that, but you're not getting the right point. Like, it's not this app itself." And I'm, I was talking about the Coronavirus app at the time, um, and I was talking about this on this podcast. The app itself is 
is well done and it's probably not a privacy problem in itself that's not what you should be worried about don't worry about the the the, the technical implementation about this app worry about what the app is doing to our society right what you're doing if you're saying you need a positive test result to go in here or we want to track how many people are sick of a certain like what what does that do to society that's the actual problem um and that is sadly like that that gets missed i think um by by pretty much anybody and it, you know it's the same thing with the corona one app as it is now uh with the luca app um that is just a um I don't know. That's people focusing on the wrong thing. It's like when I when when I talked about the um, uh, immunity passports. Like the question is not how do I make an immunity passport that's like uh, satisfies the GDPR that satisfies like privacy rules. How do I make it technically? How do I make design the encryption well? How do I create these protocols? That's what the nerds keep focusing. That's not the question. The question is, should I do it? And the answer is no. No, because it fucking destroys our society. It destroys our values. We are not in the West, in this, in this, in, in, in this uh, world we have built. Uh, we so far have not been a society uh, where we put the value of like the abstract health of the population about our personal liberties right uh there are other countries out there there are other cultures you know in asia this was this is something that's much more prevalent where you like oh the the good of the many and i'm totally okay with like whatever it is wearing a mask getting a test doing all this kind of stuff but we used to have a culture the culture I was born into, where um, if you were sick or not was your fucking business. May yours and maybe your doctor, if you choose to go to a doctor. And we used to be, this used to be a place where if I was sick and I went to my doctor and the doctor uh, violated the patient private confidentiality, um, like they told somebody else what my illness was, they would like lose their job. They would get like I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the English word like uh, you know basically what uh, with a lawyer would be debarred, right? They they would get their like diploma or whatever pulled, and they wouldn't be allowed to practice as a doctor anymore, right? There were there were we had like especially in Germany we had decades of discussion about uh, patient doctor confidentiality, like under what circumstances is like the police allowed to know right or or the state right like we had we had all these discussions where um abortions used to be illegal in germany uh but there were all these discussions is like is it even like it might be illegal but i can go to a doctor who's like uh sympathetic and he might give me an abortion and like nobody will ever know because when the police asked them did this woman get an abortion like he wouldn't be he wouldn't have to tell the police because it's none of their fucking business. And we had all these discussions. We had the same discussions with, are you allowed to spy on people's telephone conversations? 
um, for good fucking reasons. Because we had a state next to us, the GDR, where everybody was spied on all the time by their neighbors, by the police state, by everybody. Just watch uh, Das Leben der Andern. What's that? What's that English? Uh, with the great German actor uh, Ulrich Mühe. Um, who's sadly dead. The Life of Others. Just watch that fucking movie to figure out what kind of a state that was. And in, in West Germany, in the Federal Republic, we're like, we don't want this shit. We, we don't want this. This is not good. And this is all going away now. This is, this is, this is all going... Because people are focusing on the fucking technical implementation details. Who the fuck... I don't even care. I'm into this whole shit. But, like, I'm talking about this a lot because I want to inform people. But really... Focus on the thing that's important. The other question is, how do we do, like, these, that's the Silicon Valley problem. That's why we have so many technologies that that are the bane of our lives now. That's why we have privacy violations and, you know, the problems with social networks, all this kind of crap, because the Silicon Valley ethos has always been just, if you can do it, just do it. And that is, I mean... That is an approach you can have, but we're figuring out more and more that that is fucking destroying um, society. That's not what maybe how we should be operating. And I mean, somebody can develop that technology, but that doesn't mean we have to use it. It doesn't mean the state has to use it. Um, but sadly, of course, uh, Politicians, uh, they want to err on the uh, on the side of caution. They don't want to re be responsible for even like one death um, now. So they're just like, yeah, if we can do it, we'll do it. And that that's the whole problem. But like when you're reporting about this, that's you need to concentrate on like, should we be doing this, right? Why are we pouring millions of euros into fucking apps that don't work? Fucking Bluetooth contact tracing does not show, does does not coincide with how this fucking virus spreads. I said that on the day I read how the contact tracing works. At best, a shot in the blue. But it's probably never going to work. And it hasn't worked. There isn't a single shred of evidence, of hard evidence. I know. There's this fucking guy in Switzerland who invented the concept, who keeps writing ridiculous papers on how it works. But there were bullshit papers just fucking read them they're ridiculously bad they're so bad i didn't even talk about them on the show because they're just just bad just bad science they're just they're full of uh selection bias and full of just trying to prove what you invented is works um there is no evidence that this works and like people even even the tech press doesn't doesn't understand this so I read an article the other day of an ex-colleague of mine who uh, is like on the Heiser, you know, I used to work for Heiser, the German, the big German um, technology uh, publisher, the biggest one, Briggs one in Europe, I think, now. Um, and the guy who run, who is part of their like uh, data protection podcast, like their data uh, privacy podcast, um, wrote about you know the Luca app and why why it's it it's crap and why we shouldn't use it compared to the uh, to the uh, Corona Van app and he just like casually writes in his article that you know we it's really like we can't really tell um, 
if it like what it does and how many people install it and how many people are using it. I mean, there are data points, but it's kind of like podcasts, right? You know how many people download it. You know how many people use it like in, in certain ways, but you don't know what it does, right? So my, my um, biggest problem that's never, that's, that's, that's never shown in any of these papers, any of this research is like, yes, you can, you can tell me how many people downloaded this app. You can tell me how many people uh, got tested positive and how many of those reported that to other people but the most important part of the puzzle what happens if somebody receives a warning like how do people react to that do they actually quarantine quarantine themselves we don't fucking know and that's the thing the app actually is supposed to do and you can't even fucking you can't tell because of of course why because it's privacy conscious i'm not i'm not like fucking criticizing that right one of the big reasons politicians when they said oh we need the luca app they were like saying you know the problem with the with the coronavirus app is it doesn't work because it's too privacy focused it's like this privacy is destroying everything no the fucking the concept of the app is idiotic it's easy for anybody to see how bluetooth radiation does not spread like the virus you know there's a fucking window in the way like if if i had the app on my phone right now i'm i'm sitting here in my office right and i shit you this like a meter and a half uh for me there's a window and on the other side of the window is the fucking sidewalk if somebody walks past there and i have the app and he had the app you know they exchange if somebody stands there for 15 minutes outside this window watching me do this podcast and we both had the app the app would like if one of us got sick would report this contact there's a fucking window in between. We're not breathing the same air. And this is anybody, like anybody saw that last summer. Like how, that's why it doesn't work. And it might even work in some situations, but we can't prove, fucking prove that. So my colleague in this article goes like, yeah, but uh, and in, indubitably the app has uh, uh, told lots of people that they had contact with an in, in, in infected person and indubitably saved a lot of people's lives like citation fucking needed like where do you get that from like, you're hoping that happened. there's no there's not a shred of evidence to suggest that the best research i've seen is like yeah people are actually using it and they're actually reporting it and they're actually staying at home right but like we don't have a fucking clue like even our data reporting on this fucking virus is like fucking skew, skewed and fucking bent out of shape because we have lots of data about positive tests, right? We have some data about people staying at home getting something, but like very little. And then we have data again about people in hospitals, right? But there's no clear picture of like how, how many positive tests cause like how do positive tests actually correlate to people who are positive with the virus right now out there? Like how many of the people who are infected actually have positive tests? We don't know. No idea. How many of the people with the positive tests actually get symptoms? How bad are these symptoms? How many of those have to go to the ICU? Like we know the number of the people in the ICU, right? But even that, like even 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 that, it's like um, we know their age group and something. We know a little bit about their like uh, pre-existing conditions, but not like completely, right? So we have studies from hospitals where they know how many people 
you know, they have a good overview of like pre-existing conditions and you know, and how old people are if they get to the ICU and all of that. But like, they have no idea how that correlates with the number of uh, of positive tests out there. I mean, they have numbers of the positive tests in the hospital, but that that is skewed in certain ways. Of it's it's a fucking mess. Like, we can't even tell anything like that. Like, you know, you can't even really say, okay, if you, I'm 37. You're 37 years old and you don't, you think you have no pre-existing conditions. How likely are you to uh, get this virus, uh, develop mild symptoms? How likely, I mean, how likely am I to develop mild symptoms? How, how likely am I to uh, develop severe symptoms? How likely am I to end up in an ICU band? How likely am I then to die? Right? Because, I mean, I think I don't have any pre-existing conditions because I never had, you know, I've never once in my life spent a night in a hospital, never had an operation, I've never had anything. Right? I don't, like, I, I'm, as far as I know, I'm perfectly, I, yeah, I have a low blood pressure and I have problems, I fucked up knees and all of that. But, like, I don't think I have any pre-existing conditions. I could have. Like, I could, I, I, I could be, like, literally uh, a day from liver failure. Who the, who the fuck knows? Right. If I get this virus tomorrow and uh, then go to the hospital and die, it might be a pre-existing condition. They might not even ever figure that out. Right? They might, you might, I might just die in the ICU. They're not gonna check if I had like fucking diabetes uh, or something or something. You know, if I had like organ failure, they'd probably figure that out while they were treating me. But like, there's no guarantee of that. So this this whole this whole data situation is like fucked up. So how can somebody just write that undoubtedly it saved lives? It probably saved lives. I mean, millions of people have installed this. Some people might have not, you know, stayed at home. It might have saved lives, yes. But like that's like, I mean, we're gonna have a in the feedback section. We're gonna have a little bit of a discussion with a listener about atheism and God and proving if God does exist or not. This is the same kind of situation. Like you can't fucking. You can't fucking prove this one way or the other. So write write it in an article. Like people just assume this shit. They're just like you know. I I have I have said sorry. I'm ranting like this, but I just have to get this out. It's just like it it is it is so insane. Um, I have situations with people. Um, you know where I talk to people, I meet or like on the internet, or whatever, and they're like. So, so this what you said like a year ago about the virus. How do you stand to that now? Because they they are assuming that I'm gonna go. Oh, that was horrible. I'm an idiot because so many people have died, and I have this basic level where I can't talk to them when they say, "Okay, that's like I don't know what is it now." Let me look. Like, let's go to the, the RKI COVID dashboard. Right. Let's let's get the numbers. Um, and you know they have this 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 thing where we're like okay we have we have now had 81,000 deaths in germany from this that's a huge number that's horrible that's i'm not you know just there's, there's no saying it's not but they're saying like how could you have said this is like what the 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 flu back in the day it's not like the flu because it's it's more contagious but how do you know how like I'm 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 talking to them like do you know how many people died of the flu in the last ten years? We don't fucking know. We don't know because people weren't tested. There, there was no PCR. I mean, there was PCR. You could have tested the flu with the PCR, but nobody was doing it. It's way too expensive, right? 
our like the German reporting on people who have the flu is based on like a few, like I'm I'm talking I think a few dozen, um, like uh, doctors' offices around the country where if you in the winter time and only in the winter time went in there and you had respiratory symptoms, um, they would like do you want to opt in into the sentry study, and then they would actually look what you had like they would do. Uh, an analysis if you had like the common cold you know if you had a viral infection if what kind of viral infection like a coronavirus a rhinovirus is it the flu do you have influenza they would actually test that right and and then they would just like scale up that number uh, statistically but like that was, was very little data points and they would never like you know I'm pretty sure I had the flu once um, and they were just like oh yeah you didn't die okay they, like they, there was no test so, oh, you might have the flu. Just stay at home, right? And if it gets really bad, call an ambulance. <laughs> like, there's no, there was no test. There was like, oh, we're going to run a PCR and see if you actually have the flu. Because why? Because if you know, it doesn't help you. It's just like with, uh, with SARS-CoV-2. Like, you know, for your personal, your doctor, your treatment, usually it used to be you go to a doctor, the, 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 the healthcare system was concerned with treating people. Right? Not with some preemptive kind of thing that we might do. We're concerned with treating people. And the, 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 the PCR test doesn't help me as the patient. doesn't help anybody tell me what, you know, there's, there's no fucking therapy. I mean, there are some therapies, but they're either way too expensive or like experimental and they wouldn't give them to you, you know. Um, and like the rest of the therapy you might do preemptively anyway. So you might just as well do it. Like you don't have to wait like a day or two for a PCR test to come back. Like, so like, but you can't explain that to people. Like you can't, their brain is just like, this is horrible. And they're not understanding. They have no concept of how many people die of certain causes in society. And, you know, there are articles about this now, but it always, it always gets shouted down. I mean, this, this all, this, the, it's so ridiculous to me because I mean I see what we're doing in society to prevent this which you know on some level is laudable but then we're not doing it for other things you know um, circula circulatory diseases kill much more people than um, this virus um, like regularly and there, 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 there's, 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 there's by far not so much focus on like preventing that of of um uh doing research like i know i know people who do research on cardiovascular diseases who went and looked for a link to covid and actually found one <laughs> and published a paper and got a lot of funding for that because like they don't they don't get that kind of funding when in their field right but their field is the field that kills most that that historically and now Ever, ever since mankind existed, has killed the most people. Then people are like, oh yeah, but that's not preventable. Like, and and COVID for some reason is preventable. You think, you know, these same people think you can prevent, uh, uh, you know, um, a respiratory virus from spreading with 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 um, I don't know with masks, with wearing masks, or with uh, with immunizing everybody. You you can magically make that disappear. I have fucking news for you. The fucking Spanish flu, right? We've been trying since, what, 1918 to eradicate? We have fucking... We have 
vaccines. We had them for decades, right? You can't, these viruses are very, very infectious and they're very well tailored. They've been around for millions of years. The reason they exist is that they, they exploit how humans work. Animals, mammals, especially humans, are fucking social animals. We can't just lock down and just never meet anybody. If we could do that, we 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 had like we would have like a I don't know a um, an evolutionary response to getting the sniffles where we just grab some food, get go in the next cave and not come out for two two weeks, right? If that we would have we would have that to like you know kill these things. But we can't. We can't do that. That's not how humans work. We will never get rid of anything like that. Like it's 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 laugh it's laughable. Um, you can you can you can probably never vaccinate enough people. But I knew, I mean we knew this. We knew this years ago. You can probably never vaccinate enough people. Maybe you can at some point. But the fucking thing will have mutated. I mean the only way the only way to 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 stop these things is like very 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 harsh. Uh, lockdown methods at the point of origin. We did it with SARS. We did it with MERS. Um, you have to be early enough. You know, we do that with Ebola every time it comes out. But those are viruses um, that are not, you know, SARS and MERS weren't, weren't as infectious as this virus, which is by this spread. And we knew that in like in February, we knew it was too late. China could have like, you know, probably contained the fucking thing in Wuhan or whatever. Uh, and then that would have been the end of it. That's what we did with SARS and MERS, basically. Um, with Ebola, you can do it because it only spreads bodily fluids. It just kills a lot of people. So, um, right, you just lock down a village and you just wait for two weeks and everybody's fucking dead. And they literally did that a lot of times in the history of this of that virus. Um, so people, they don't understand this on the most basic level. They're like, they, they their brain can't, process the information that yes this is really bad but there are also other very bad things right if we had the same um state level response that we have to this virus to circular vasculatory uh diseases then coca-cola would be outlawed years ago right the state would basically ration your sugar uh like all these products would be outlawed. Um, like, I mean, we've never had it. Like, if we ever had, a, like, just imagine we've had a response like this to like smoking at the point where we realized, hey, smoking is like kill, killing millions of people. Like, yeah, there was like a, like they would like with the same response, they would, they would just go, you're not allowed to smoke. Like if the police sees someone with a cigarette, you get fined. 2,000 euros on the spot. It's they would pro fucking treat it like, um, you know, like like uh, uh, Mariana still treated in Germany, right? Um, or heroin. I mean, heroin doesn't kill as many people. It's like ridiculous. People are not like, they're not thinking about this logically at all. It's because, I know it's because they're afraid, but like, at, at this point where you're fucking ruining everybody's lives, it's not a it's not an excuse anymore. I mean, why am I allowed to drive a, ride a motorbike? Like I could kill myself, and the chances of killing myself are pretty high. Um, you know, 
I don't like I don't get it. I don't get it. So we just like don't fucking do it. That's the answer. Or if we have like and then that's like the last thing. If we actually have if you actually yes, if society decides we want to track everybody like this, which apparently it's doing, um I mean in Germany we'll have to wait for the um for the general election uh, in when is it September um to see if the society now actually thinks this but like you know if we democratically decide that then at least like what's like if we're tracking you know talking the the example of the Luca app if we're tracking like fucking venue tracking why not fucking do it on paper what's wrong with that yes it's you know contract tracing is harder and if there's lots of cases the 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 government offices that have to do that don't um you know they don't have enough people they don't have enough manpower to do it. well holy fucking shit spend the 20 million to, to hire some people right i mean if we do it on paper at least it'll be fucking a lot harder to use by intelligence agencies and like the fucking police state who are the real people who are interested in this kind of data and that and I, I, I still think, think I've, I still go back to this. I must have said this like in March of last year. Instead of doing this whole shit, and just instead of doing dumb rules, you know, having like mask rules that half of the people don't, don't like care when nobody's looking. Half of the people is like wearing their masks only over their mouth, having their nose sticking out. Some people are wearing it over their nose, having the mouth like. Instead of having all of that, instead of like discriminating people if they're vaccinated or not, or if they had positive tests, or, you know, in, instead of doing that, instead of spending millions on apps where we're pretty clear they don't work, um, because they're not fucking technologically even like set up to work, instead of doing all of that, why didn't we fucking put the money? in the healthcare system, especially at the point where we realized, oh, flatten the curve. We need to, like, the problem is people getting into ICU beds and then staying longer than other people, right? And there's a lot of them. Like, we realized that in March last year. Where's the, where's the fucking ICU beds? Where are more ICU beds? And, you know, the problem not being the beds. Or the technology, what we need is like fucking people who um, care for people in ICU beds. Why don't we have more of those? Where's the state program where they said we need to hire more of these people? What can we do to hire them? Like, for starters, pay them better. These people are these nurses that work on ICU stage. They're the th nobody wants to do that fucking job because it's fucking hard and you're getting paid badly. Like, why aren't these people not getting more money? I mean, that's easy. That's easy. Just Pay them twice whatever they're getting now. How about that? It's still cheaper than all the other crap we're doing right now, probably. Like, where's that? Where's, like, the preparing hospitals? Where's a pulling back of the fucking policies where for 20 years all these fucking politicians, like, privatized everything, made hospitals for profit, you know... Cut everything, cut beds, cut people working there. Doctors have to work more and more and longer and longer and longer because, you know, because they're, they're saving on, on people. Like, reverse all of that shit. Make a law that we, apparently we can have curfews now. Why can't we have a fucking law that a hospital in this fucking country is not a for-profit institution?
Like, what's wrong with that? It worked for like 40 fucking years. And it worked better. Like, where is that? Like, why are the public health officers, why are they still understaffed? Like, who's working on that? These are the things we need to do. That's the fact, that is easy. Like, it's easy to understand that. I know why politicians are not doing that, because it's hard for them, and, like, they're, they're not getting the fucking lobby money, but boo-hoo, we need to get rid of these fuckers. We need to get rid of these fuckers who think these shitty apps are a good idea, instead of just fucking putting money in the healthcare system and organizing it better. They've had a year of time. And it's not even, not only healthcare system, fucking schools are in disarray right now, because the the, the students are not going like I've got two neighbors who are who are um, teachers. If you talk to them, it's a fucking. If you talk to parents, it's a fucking disaster. They, they were completely un, unprepared. That oh my god, there's a lockdown again. We like kids need be could taught from home. Like I can understand that last year they were fucking unprepared. The schools were unprepared. The politicians were unprepared. Everybody was. But they had a year of time. Like why are the, why are the schools not getting the materials they need? Why are parents that can't afford fucking laptops and webcams for their kids not getting help? Right? Why are people who are living in 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 like four room apartments where now two parents have to do home office and their two kids have to do like one kid is going to like high school and the other one's going to primary school like and they all basically need separate rooms and separate computers and whatever why are they not getting help what what's going on why is why is the simplest stuff the easiest solutions not being done but we we'll, we we have to be home by 10 at night it's this is idiotic. This is idiotic. This is like fucking Eastern Germany all over again. We have a state regime that is doing idiotic things that don't make any sense, and everybody's fucking going along with it. And wh what is the press doing? Why is nobody calling this shit out? I don't have to like study medicine to understand this. It's not hard. You just have to talk to a doctor in a hospital. You're like, okay, so uh, how many more ICU units do you have since like last year? And they're like, none. Or they like in some cases they're actually like, oh, we got rid of some because uh, over the summer situation got better, and then we had less uh, patients in the ICU because nobody's coming in with operations anymore. And uh, and then controlling said, well, you have too many ICU beds that are un unoccupied, so we cut them. Like, what the actual fuck? Meanwhile, they're just, oh, yeah, the numbers are this today. The numbers are that today. Now we have to do this when you go into the store. Now we have to do this. Who the fuck cares? Who's talking about how this is a... Oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for ranting the whole time. Um, I should have probably had a, like a kind of an alert at the beginning. <laughs> Fab rant. <gasps> um, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop now. But it's just like this is just... It's, it's, it's driving me insane. <laughs> And it's insanity on so many levels. It's the, the fucking apps that are crap. Um, it's people just concentrating on the wrong things. Like it's 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 double standards, and it just drives me insane. Also, there's one one last point. I see what this does to people. Right, I'm. I'm sitting here getting outraged about this the whole year, and I'm probably the last affected person of everybody. Um, I'm quite okay. I haven't, you know, I'm a nerd. I, I've, I've worked from home long before this started. 
Um, I don't go out anyway. Um, I could live like this for years. But I see other people who, who can't. Like, you know, um, I look at my wife, who's, who's just basically worked for a year and a half now, just worked. And she works more than any of these politi- any of these fuckers I talk to. She works more than me. She works like fucking. I'm t- I'm t- talking ten to twelve hours a day every day. She works on weekends. She works all the fucking time, and she doesn't get paid well for it, right? Like, and and her colleagues, by the way, who are researching like viruses they don't get paid either better like you know we have this fucking law in germany where like if you're an employee you're not allowed to work uh more than uh 10 days a day or exceeding like a to- uh, as 10 hours a day or like exceeding like a total number of hours a week right but it doesn't count if you're a doctor or uh, or in science right all these people that are doing like this research that everybody's on like i like postdocs they're not employed uh, at the university because we fucking gutted that system Oh, the scientists are so important. Yeah, we fucking gutted science in this country. And that that will be an episode at some point because, I mean, this, this influences everything now. Um, but, you know, that's why our science is crap because we fucking gutted the whole system it, just like we gutted the healthcare system. You know, and I, I, like, she, my wife lives from, like, going out and being social with people. She can't. Right? I see my grandmother, who's 99, who... Uh, my my grand my granddad is long dead, he's long dead, and um, uh, she she drew her. Um, by the time I went to university, I wasn't living home, and she didn't like have to see me every day anymore. She drew her um, uh, daily uh, source of joy and her reason to live from going to an old folks' home and caring for people. And we're talking about a an. 85 to 95 year old woman that's about the 10 years she did this who goes to an elderly an old folks home where there are people that are 60 70 there's nobody at her age group there and you know they all like have dementia or like they they sit there in their little room and have nobody fucking caring for them nobody visiting them she talks to them she played like board games with them she went out in the garden with them had coffee that's what she did she was that was her life that was her reason to live and that all got shut down obviously i mean they need to protect all folks so i understand all of this but i see my grandmother just fading away i will visit her every week now because she basically just has me and my mother and um we're the only people visiting her regularly and she has no no contact of course um and she's just fading away because her reason to to live isn't there anymore you can see her brain um, that was like that kept her brain going, going there twice a week and having these people. She still talks about these people every time I visit her. Like, you know, the, the the people she talked to and, you know, that were really thankful that they had somebody to talk to as well. And like, she's vaccinated now and like next week and she probably, they probably won't allow her back. And um, that's just like, you're taking this woman's last years, the last joy she has, like, if you, my grandmother, my grandmother lived in uh, in West Prussia, right? She had to flee. She fl- she she was fleeing in icy cold uh, in the winter of was probably would have been winter of forty four or something. She flew from West Prussia 
to like Northern Westphalia, like alone with like uh, being pregnant and with like her sister alone. She basically walked that whole distance. Um, my grandmother survived cancer two times. She survived typhoid fever. She had fucking everything. She, that, that, that woman's a saint. It's the nicest person you're ever going to meet. She survived the fucking world. She survived everything. Like, if you ask her, like, she never talks about this much, but, like, like what it was like uh, to flee. She was, like, the, the basically the Russian army came into the village. They lined everybody up. They shot a few men. Um the rest they took away so all the women and kids were left they were like joking probably gonna rape them then they just like threw hand grenades at our feet and like left and uh, the hand grenades were just like they weren't really hand like they were just like that's whatever they were just wanted to scare them one last time before they left like that's what she survived right if you if you'd asked her if you'd explained the virus to her and like basically told her it's pretty likely you might get it and if you get it you you're 99 your chances of making it are probably not that good, right? Do you want to still go to, like, take everything apart? I know that they have to protect everybody and whatever. If you would ask her that, just if it was her decision alone, do you still want to go there? She would have said yes in a heartbeat. Because that's her reason to be. It's her reason to live. Now she's sitting at home all day. And I even get, like, I'm, I'm even getting attacked if I tell the story that I visit her every week. It's like, oh, you will kill your grandma. Who fucking cares? If she doesn't have anybody to fucking talk to, she'd be dead already. Like, she's at a point in her life where it's like, basically, if she, if she decides she doesn't want to live anymore, she's probably dead. She lives by pure willpower alone. I mean, everybody who's 99 has multiple organ failure. Uh, you know, and she's had, had heart problems uh, last few years and it's, you know, that's just like, people are saying, oh, yeah, it's just like, yeah, psychological things, but I mean, this is, this is actually, and this is happening all over the world right now. Like my mother, my mother who's worked for pretty much 40 years it's like I've worked my ass off. I've been a teacher. I've work, worked in public transportation. It's worked her ass off. When, I, when, when my parents were both working when I was a kid, I was growing up at my grandmother's because they were working day and night. Um, and my, my mother is just like, now that I'm retired, I just want to do one thing. I want to travel. That's the only thing I want to do. She can't now. Like, and she, you know, they'd like to travel um, on a motorbike. Right, my mother rides with my dad on the motorbike. They can't do that anymore. anymore. I mean, they can go for like five hours, but they, you know, they can't um, stay anywhere overnight. That's what she wanted to do. She's like seventy now. It's not like she can do that for much longer. It's like she has like two or three critical years now where she can do this, where she's retired and she can fucking ride her motorbike, and she fucking can't. And you're taking those like years away from people. This fucking thing where everybody's just going yeah but like people are dying and we need to like you know we can just stay in for a year no some people you're fucking ruining their lives i mean i'm not one of them but you're fucking ruining their lives and yes people die Vala Morghulis. people die they've died to die all the time i might die just now from a heart attack from ranting too much although i don't think i'm <laughs> I'm a, uh, my, my wife keeps saying, you're obviously, you're too young to be in the risk group, and I'm obviously not, because I would have, I would have died long ago. And 
<laughs> anyway, I, I said I'm going to stop ranting like 15 minutes. I'm, I'm going to stop ranting now. Uh, let's let's change the subject completely. Let's get uh, metaphysical here. Uh, time for some producer feedback. You might completely disagree with everything I've said right now. If you do, please uh, drop me a line. I'm interested in your... Like, even if you say you're completely wrong, I want to hear that. Uh, go to privatecitizen.press and um, let me know because it's valuable. Um, and uh, we, ha I had some feedback here um, concerning last episode, um, episode 66. Barry Williams uh, chimes in once again, and uh, as he calls it, with uh, more feedback on an offhand comment. Uh, I'm talking about like religion a little bit. I made this comment on like uh, atheism uh, versus agnosticism. So Barry Williams uh, says the following: I need to address atheism versus agnosticism. This may be a problem with the fluidity of language, but the definitions you are using of these terms are the current colloquial, colloquial version, but not the original intent. Theism and the inverse atheism speaks to belief. An atheist, uh, as an atheist, I do not believe God exists. Gnosticism and the inverse agnostic speaks to knowledge. An agnostic does not know if God exists. I am an agnostic atheist because I cannot prove a negative. However, many philosophers also bring up things like, um, you can't, okay, let, before we get into that. Okay, so yes, the difference between atheism and theism and agnosticism and uh, gnosticism. I mean, so I don't think, like, in my understanding, you don't have to say you're an agnostic atheist because if you're an agnostic, um, I don't think you're an atheist because you said yourself, Barry, that um, theism is about belief. And, uh, well, you could be. I mean, yes, you could be that. You could be like somebody who doesn't know if God exists. That would be an agnostic. Uh, but also doesn't believe that God, God exists as an atheist. I My point was basically I'm not an atheist because for me belief doesn't play into this. I'm not a person who believes. I'm a... Um, I nearly said a believer in science, which is bullshit, which is why I don't like saying that. You know, using a belief, you know, belief in science is bullshit. No, you know, it's a famous saying, like, the plane doesn't doesn't care for if you, like, it doesn't matter if you believe in science or in the science of how the plane stays in the air. It still stays in the air. Um, right? So I don't, I'm not a believer in anything. Um, I am... Um, somebody who practices the scientific method when, when, whenever he can. Um, I like to uh, observe the world and, uh, and have other people observe the world and have theories um, and, um, you know, um, experiments. And as we discussed in the uh, um, scientific method episode. So I think... Yes, you can be an agnostic atheist, but I'm definitely not that, and I don't think that's a good thing because I don't think belief... If you think that God doesn't exist, uh, you probably do so because of scientific reasons, and that means faith should be out of the question. Unless you're a Satanist, right? If you just believe in demons and not in God, then yes, you 
that that would be a good reason to be an atheist. Anyway, Barry continues. However, many philosophers also bring up things like, uh, you also cannot prove I do not have an invisible dragon living in my backyard who breathes heatless flame. And there are vehement atheists. I use the term atheist with a capital A. I used to be involved with this group who are more active about the issues with religion and argue philosophy, etc. They still would tell you you cannot prove God does not exist, but neither can you prove that I don't have an invisible dragon in my backyard. Um, and then he also references uh, Russell's teapot um, link in the show notes, private citizen press, which is where you can also go to send me feedback, of course. Um, which refers to uh, Bertrand Russell, uh, who said um, uh, Russell specifically applied, applied, applied his analogy in the context of religion. He wrote that if he were to assert without offering proof that a teapot too small to be seen by telescopes orbits the sun somewhere in space between Earth and Mars, he could not expect anyone to believe him solely because his assertion could not be proven wrong. Um, that is, of course, true. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a, very good philosophical argument but like it doesn't help you against people who are theists uh, or believe in God because they will cite uh, things um, especially back in, in Russell's time they would just cite things as the proof uh, that God exists and that would just be like bad evidence mostly um, and mostly most of that is just like confusing uh, cause and effect or it's um, confusing causation and correlation um, you know, basically like, uh, I don't know, you, you, uh, you do something. Um, so somebody tells you, oh God, you know, this, this be like a, a classical Greek times or Roman times. God doesn't like it. Uh, if you, uh, cheat on your wife and then you cheat on your wife and you leave her, uh, cheat, cheat on your wife and you leave your mistress's house and it was sunny when you went in and you come out and suddenly it's a thunderstorm and then you hear like thunder uh, just above you all the way home. And you're like, oh, this is God, uh, the thunder God being angry with me cheating on my wife. Uh, you know, you're confusing causation and correlation just because it's correlated that you cheated on your wife and there's a thunderstorm doesn't mean the thunderstorm happens because you cheated on your wife. Um, and... Yeah, so so for me, it's more like my approach to this kind of thing is almost like, yes, the burden of proof argument is right. But like the thing with the dragon, uh, the invisible dragon is kind of like, who cares? You know, like who cares? Like I don't I don't generally object to people making up shit if they just want to. Uh, I make I object to it if they go like, OK, this is scientific evidence or if it like if it actually infringes on on things right um so with god um you know i wouldn't object to people saying well that's god and god does all these things or jesus or whoever um if it hadn't caused so much pain and suffering right if we hadn't uh like historically for thousands of years like german put up german german orders of uh, monasteries put up like fucking armies and went to like israel and slaughter people there and then they fucking start a religion and then they slaughter other things like you know if 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 like you know you wouldn't go like okay uh, if it if like it or to be more concrete if it wouldn't like influence people's life right if, if there weren't people like oh you're a woman you have to wear that headdress or you're a woman you can't have an abortion um 
Well, you're a man, you can do that. You can go kill somebody in that country because God says that's just. Um, if that wasn't the case, they could like go on about God existing all day long. I don't care. Like, I don't care if you go on about your invisible dragon. I'm like, okay, that guy's mad. I'm just going to ignore him. The problem with the burden of proof where that comes in is like, if you actually have policy, if you're trying to change people's lives, then I expect you to prove just like, you know, we're talking about today, like with all these fucking measures. If you're going, we're doing all of this because it improves people's lives and the public health. And you're not like, you're not offering proof that I would think is scientifically um, uh, holds up to scientific scrutiny, then I have a fucking problem with that. And I have a fucking problem with this shit the same as I have with uh, people who uh, are religious. Um, because usually, you know, I'm, my stance of religion, I've said this often, is like my stance to religion is like, it's a, like a sexual kink, right? I don't want to I don't like people have all kinds of kinks. I don't want a fucking kink chair. I don't give a fuck what you do. Like if it's if you're two consenting adults and you like I don't know uh, getting like fifteen men in, and uh, you and your wife are like really into gobbling all of their dicks, then you know go on. I don't give a fuck as long as you as long as they're all consenting, as long as you don't hurting anybody, as long as you're doing it in your private. This is why I'm an opponent of privacy because I don't want to fucking know and I, I don't think I should know and that's the same with religion just what annoys me is the fucking bell towers and the fucking it's like somebody shouting from their roof my wife is just sucking 15 cocks in the back bedroom right I don't care I don't care what you're doing in that fucking church just be happy. Just shut the fuck up about it. Don't go, like the promise, you go preaching and you tell people, oh, you're going to hell. Or like your life is very sinful. Just shut the fuck. I don't care. So, you know, that's the difference between you claiming you have an invisible dragon and you claiming God exists. That's the, hey, I pulled this, e I, I even got this back to the topic. That wasn't wasn't bad. Anyway, uh, Barry, uh, thank you very much for the feedback. You, as as you can see, uh, I don't completely agree with you, but you provided uh, content uh, uh, basis for an <laughs> basis for another rant. I don't know if that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. I think uh, I, I I still have the the hope that somebody listens to this and they get something out of it. Maybe it just uh, makes them think. That's that's the thing. I don't I don't want people listeners to agree with me. I, I want to make them think. And you know you can think, and then you can go, yeah, he's wrong on that. You know, there's too many people dying. Um. You know, Vala Morghulis sounded great in Game of Thrones, but now it's reality, and I don't really subscribe to that. Um. It's that's valid. But then you at least, uh, you've listened to another viewpoint, just as I listen to other viewpoints all the time. This is why, why this all exists, and I then rant about them. But I think we need to do this. We need to discuss this. And my problem is not so much that... So my, my problem currently, and I said this, I think, from the beginning. I, I was like, you know, I, I don't agree with these lockdowns and whatever, but I don't agree with the mask mandates. But, like, if if there's a chance that they help. And if enough people, we're living in a democracy, if enough people think they help, you know, yeah, then we do it. That's that's what a democracy does. A democracy, in a democracy, lots of things can happen that I don't personally agree with. 
Right? I did. I haven't. I didn't vote for any of these people. I haven't voted for Angela Merkel once. I haven't voted for any government I'm living under in the last ten years, probably. Um, you know, I, I did vote for some local guys who then went into government, but like you know. Um, so, but that's that's democracy, and I I don't actually have a so much of a problem with that. Like, if we're in a democracy and we go like, curfews are the thing we need to do now, and everybody's well informed and you know decides that I'm okay with that. That's not my problem. My problem is that people are not well informed and they can't be because they're not being informed. My problem is that we do not have a discussion about this. Um, you know, people people go like, yeah, the press is all like gleichgeschaltet, as we say in Germany. Yeah, they're all on one line, like invoking the old Nazi thing, which isn't true because, you know, the Nazis did that on purpose. Right now, it's more like the effect is very similar because the press is basically all thinking the same thing, writing the same thing, saying the same thing. Um, but it's not like there's one guy behind it or one party that just, you know, puts them all on one line or, you know, like in... In, in Stalinism, where you actually you go in the Soviet Union, where you actually directly control the press, that's obviously not happening. Um, but um, the problem is that for whatever reason, we're not discussing these things. Um, the opposing viewpoints are not being voiced. Um, there was just another example of some um, actors, German actors, just a very diverse group of people who basically did a parody website where they all recorded videos and they're like, lockdown forever. It'd be so much better if we'd never go out of this lockdown again. You know, there were people like, it's obvious satire. There was like a, a German actor who's also a bit of a philosopher, philosopher maybe, who was like, uh, yeah, um, so we, we, we have to have a lockdown and we have to close all the shops, especially the shops where they sell food, but because only when we're all dead and we're Everybody in the country has died. We have completely removed the um, like the substrate, the uh, the thing the virus lives on, right? And then the virus will also die. And that's obviously it's sarcasm, like very very dark humor, uh, which I'm into. But like um, it, this is obviously sarcasm. It, it got like slammed. I think it literally the site got DDoSed. You could get to it for some like. The people have gotten so much shit storm that like half of the people who put the videos up had pulled them down because they were like um, being threatened with their life and fucking, you know, being just shouted at and cancelled everywhere to be cancelled. And it just, it can't, they just said they can't deal with that. And that just shows you that like the op opposing viewpoint, even like in a country where we're like a few years ago, we we're like, oh, was uh, darf satire? Like, how far can satire go? And like the people's champion, Jan Böhmermann, was actually uh, insulting Erdogan, uh, Erdogan the, the, the Turkish prime minister, even though that was illegal. And they actually got the government to pull that law. And it's like, oh, yeah, satire is great, right? Fast forward. No, satire is now not great anymore because you can't say anything that's satirical about people dying of coronavirus. Apparently, that's as far as setters allowed to go, and then we have to shut it down. Like, you know, the, the that is the problem. In, in as a, a democracy, in a democracy, you don't get what you want always. Like most of the time, you don't. But um, there is this understanding that, that that it's a free society and there's a free exchange of ideas, uh, and then people make a decision. And the problem is when we do not have free exchange of ideas. Uh, you being, you know, um, 
in a in a democracy um like in the german democracy um right you voted some people then something happens and the government decides on a if you don't agree with that and you think we should do b the only two things you can do is you can wait for the next election and vote for the people for some people who hopefully said um, we're going to do b which is not the case there's not even a party in germany right now that i could vote for that goes i don't think the lockdowns are a good thing we should get rid of them um, but that's that's beside the point. The other thing, um, especially that you need to do, like if the election is a long time off or if the point's very pressing, is you have the constitutional right to go and protest. And that was curtailed. And then people actually went and protest. They went and protested this law. I talked about it on the show, the, the IFSG. Uh, and they was immediately put into the, the Nazi corner. They're like, this. we saw one Nazi. There's one guy with a Hitler mustache among 200,000 people. You're all Nazis. You're all disqualified. We pulled that one guy out. We interviewed him. He said, Jawohl, we are müssen hier den, den Führerstaat wieder etablieren. Or something like that. You know, he said some crazy... Hitler thing and then it was like everybody's clear everybody who's demonstrating with with this guy in the same location is clearly on his side they're all Nazis they should be arrested how dare they that's literally what happened and you're like so you, that's my problem there's no the democracy right now in Germany does not work because we're not airing contrarian viewpoints we don't you know, we might have the right to talk about that, but that doesn't work if, if you get fucking can't do it on social media because you get shouted down, you get canceled. You know, you fucking don't get into the press. I mean, I'm, I'm simplifying this. Obviously, especially now, people are cottoning on to the fact that the lockdown's bullshit and even people in the local press are getting it now. And there's commentaries and all that. But like one side completely overwhelms the other. And so there's no exchange of ideas. That's not happening. You can't protest democracy in Germany is broken right now. And that's why I'm ranting so much. I'm trying to fix it. I, I need to be the voice. I need to be one of the voices. Um, and if it, if it fucking ruins me, I don't care. I don't fucking care. I didn't, I didn't become a journalist because it's fucking easy or because I make a lot of money. I became a journalist because I saw how other people were doing it and I wanted to do it better. And I want to be able to say what I think and I'm gonna fucking do this. And I thank you. I thank you for being part of the ride. If you are actually still here, I appreciate you a lot. <laughs> and this is why I make this very quick, um, because you probably know this. Uh, you can support the show. You could, for example, become a patron on Patreon. Details are in the show notes. Um, PrivateCitizen.press. Um, look into that. That's all I ask. If you think this is important, please try to support me. Because, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we all know I'm not getting ads, right? <laughs> not that I want ads. But, you know, because I fucking have to put you in flock cohorts then. Um, but like, you know, um, I don't think, I think we all know how that works. Um, anyway, I would now like to thank the people um, who have made this two-hour rant possible. I appreciate them a lot. Thanks to my Patreon supporters and everybody who uh, gave me money on PayPal. So those people are George's Butterbeans, Michael Mullen Jensen, Johnson M. Heavy. Niall Donegan, Dave, Steve Hose, 
Shelby Kruver, Vlad, Jackie Place, One-Eye-One-One-G, Philipp Klostermann, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Kai Sears, IKN, Michael Small, Fadi Mansour, Joe Poser, Dirk Didi, Bennett Piata, Matt Jallyman, David Potter, Larry Glock, Mika, Martin, Dave Amrish, Tobias, Mr. Amish, Ricky M, Drive Zero, Mode 7, Avis, Johnson Edwards, Barry Williams, Sandman616, Neil, Captain Eckhead, Rizal, D, No Reply, and Urin Curry. Thanks to all of you. And if you, I'm uh, sorry, I got distracted. I'm looking out the window. It's this blimp. Is that a blimp? Uh, yeah, it's not a dirigible. I think that's a, that's a blimp. It's this blimp is just doing its rounds. Um, it's a Sparkasse blimp. Um, I knew this from back in the day. This existed when I was a kid and I was going to the uh, MSO Duisburg games. They were always over the uh, fucking stadium. I think they were watching me. Anyway, so if you hear like a drone, that's the blimp. Uh, yeah, so thanks to all of you. And um, if I uh, could pronounce your name better, please let me know. Um, some people have done so and uh, they're always like, oh, uh, I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Um, I studied um, language. Uh, I, I try my best. Even with Russian names, and I'm getting some um, some Russian coaching by Evgeny. Uh, Evgeny? Evgeny? Evgeny Guznetsov. Um, <laughs> giving my best. But yeah, please do so. Um, I like to learn about other languages and, and names because, you know, for example, Ewan. I was saying Iwan Curry, but uh, apparently it's Ewan. Apparently it's uh, some weird Welsh spelling, which, you know, you learn stuff like that. It's cool. So uh, don't feel free. Uh, yeah, I mean, you are helping me. You're, you're supporting the show. The, the least I could do is like try to pronounce. I mean, I'm not promising I'll get it wrong. Uh, I get it right, but I will try. Anyway, I would also like to thank my Twitch subscribers. Obviously, this is not being broadcast on Twitch, but generally I am on uh, on Twitch. Twitch TV slash Foxtrot Alpha Bravo. Uh, Alpha with an F, like the NATO alphabet. Um, and um, I have subscribers there and they kind of uh, support the show as well. So I'd like to thank Mike the Dane. Galcharon, Mode 7 is unavailable, Flash, Go Flash Gordo, Centurio Apertus, Indie Game X, Sandman 616, Redeemer F, Butterbeans, and Bacon the Pork. Mmm, bacon. Um, thanks for your support, everybody. Uh, I uh, appreciate it. Also appreciate ByteMark at ByteMark.co.uk, who are providing the servers this uh, resides on, and therefore helping you run this show and um, are supporting free speech, I think, with this. So I think this is uh, it's really important. So if you need a cloud server, um, especially in the UK, go to bindmark.co.uk. They are amazing. I mean, I've never had a problem with their product. They're, the, they're just it's flawless. It's flawless. Literally, in the like decade or so that I've had these two servers, uh, one was down once for, like I don't know, some... I think a hard drive died and they had it up like really quickly uh, again. So um, amazing service. Uh, obviously no lost data either. Um, love them. ByteMark are great. Um, and with that, I'm wrapping this up. Uh, of course, Acoustic Roots is the theme tune to the show uh, by Raul Cabezali. And I'm going to play you out with a song called The Kill by Particle House and Lejeune, which I... Uh, found and i really like uh it's from epidemic sound 
uh, aptly aptly named where I licensed this music from. Um, anyway, let's get the hell out of here. Uh, I've ranted long enough. Uh, next show um, will probably be out on a Wednesday again. I should be on schedule again, and I should be um, I, I should be live on Twitch as well. Um, until then, just hang in there. Um, try to try to stay sane and uh, remember. Vala Mogulis.